Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be with Harry Morton. Harry is the UK UK-based founder and CEO of Lower Street, a podcast production agency specializing in creating shows for agencies, startups, and enterprise clients. Their client roster includes the number one UK business podcast, Secret Leaders, brands like Hewitt Packard, Enterprise, and the Stanford Graduate School of Business, as well as multiple highly successful agency podcasts. Harry, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get into the podcast production business? Uh, I've been an audio nerd since the very beginning. I used to make uh, radio shows with my sister on cassette tapes when I was a kid, and uh, and I guess I never stopped. So, um, so yeah, I've always been an audio, and uh, and I've had an obsession over the last sort of six years since starting Lower Street on how to all we all we do is make podcasts for brands and for businesses, and so we've been obsessed with you know how do we what does ROI look like for brands in podcasting, and how do we how do we do that best? Awesome, and we'll dive deeper into that. I am sure. So what inspired the actual start of Lower Street? Uh, I've been a podcast fan for a very long time. I've been listening for many years. uh, And when I set out to start a business, I looked around in the the podcasting ecosystem and I could see uh, probably there's a lot of hubris and ego and, uh, uh, you know, and naivety when when you first start a business thinking I can do that better. Um, And that's kind of what it is. I think there was a lot of folks... um, starting helping people to launch uh, podcasts um, in what I saw as suboptimal ways. And so I've come to, 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 to hopefully do better. And um, it's been a lot of fun along the way. Awesome. So what do you think is wrong with the podcast medium and the podcast production space that you guys are helping fix? Sure. So I think um, a lot of brands see the world of interview based podcasts around them. And it's very easy to do more of the same, you know, when podcasts like this one that have been around for a very long time are really well established. It's, uh, you know, a lot of spaces are already taken up. Right. And so I think a lot of folks see what's around them and just replicate that and, and kind of do more of the same. Um, And I think what there really is, is an opportunity to make something that hasn't yet been made. Um, There's a lot of, Open, wide open space. The podcasting world is is described as the wild west often, um, and it still is. You know, there's just so much uh, unexplored territory, so many different formats that we could explore, so many different ways to engage listeners in a fresh way. Um, and I think that's what I want to encourage brands to do: is be more brave in the content that they're making, rather than doing just two people talking. 
you know, that's great. There's a lot of value in that. Uh, but what can we do to, to really make something unique and different uh, and differentiated to the, to the folks that are making it? Awesome. So let's talk about that. How do you make something binge worthy or listen worthy? How are you helping your clients differentiate themselves from just another interview show? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of it comes down to the way that it's packaged. I think oftentimes we don't necessarily have to have a wholesale change of what are we talking about and who are we talking to, but rather how are we formatting and structuring that? So one of the examples I give often is how I built this with Guy Raz, amazing podcast. Um, but effectively what it is, it's a one-on-one -on -one interview. They're not doing anything groundbreaking in terms of like the format, but what Guy Raz does is guide the listener through that episode with narration that really tells a story. It's not just question, answer, question, answer. It's there are stakes involved. We, we care about the founder of this company and we go through their story in such a way that we are, we're hooked. There's a narrative, there's a story there. And that's, I, I think what we really, really want to focus on in the work that we do is what is the story? Every, you know, we can all come onto a podcast and talk about the best, you know, LinkedIn growth hacks or how to start a podcast in 2022, but what's the story behind that? And how do we really um, engage the listener uh, beyond just the, the facts and action items that we're going to kind of chat through. That's really fascinating. So if you take a brand, let's say like Hewitt Packard Enterprise, yep. how do you uncover the story there? Absolutely. Well, that that's sometimes can be a challenge, right? Some of these topics are pretty dry or they can be to me as a, someone that's not into enterprise technology. Um, but I think what we've, what we've found is that in anything, no matter how on paper boring it might be, there is a really interesting story behind it, whether it's something technically that's really fascinating or a human doing something that is, you know, we are drawn to human interest stories. So I think, um, you know, in the case of HPE, for example, you know, all of their technologies are used in some incredible places. So edge technology is something they talk a lot about. I don't I begin to understand it, but they use it on computers that take people uh, that take that are um, with a view of getting people to Mars. Um, there are certain kinds of um, containers, which is another form of computing I don't understand, which is used on Formula One racetracks. And so we told stories about what happens on the Formula One racetrack. That is an inherently exciting, interesting story. But we're talking about computers. Um, and so, you know, I think we can dig a little bit deeper below the sort of surface level and almost anything and find something that's kind of really engaging. That's really interesting and a great example, because I would imagine, obviously, talking about the application to Formula One is a whole lot more interesting to most people than just right. the technology. And you might expose yourself to a whole new audience of Formula One race fans who might otherwise not go listen to a HP technology podcast. Exactly right. That's 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 it on the head. You talk a lot about um, the podcast should be ROI positive. How, mm. If you're trying to make it binge worthy, listen worthy, uncover the true story, how, are, how is the ROI coming out? Yeah, so I think um, podcasting is not a, uh, some, someone doesn't listen to a podcast and immediately pick up the phone saying, I want to do business with you today. Like that's not how it works, right? It's a really long-term play. So what we want to try and build in our listenership is a long-term relationship um, and one where it's binge worthy. So they keep coming back. And if we build that relationship, they keep coming back week after week, you know, when they have the problem that we are served to sell a uh, um, position to, to, to solve, they're going to think of us. So I think that's the first thing. And we think, and we want to think about it as a long-term play. The, the other angle though, uh, there is a way that we've discovered to, 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 to receive that ROA much, much faster. And it really works in particular for sort of small businesses and agencies, um, those, and that is when we want to focus on the guest as the, the source of 
ROI. So instead of creating content, building the audience, and then monetizing that in the long term, if we can instead have a conversation with an ideal fit prospect as a guest on our show, we are creating some amazing content. We're doing that, all of that stuff that we were planning to do before with building an audience. But what we've also done is begin a relationship with someone that has a huge amount of potential value to us as a business. And if we're doing that on a weekly basis, that's 52 incredible conversations uh, that we otherwise wouldn't have. And what we found is that brands find it that they get much, much more uh, of a positive response rate instead of, hey, can I send you a gift or, hey, can I send you my pitch deck? Instead, hey, would you like to come and be a guest on my show? I've got this amazing engaged audience and they'd love to hear what you think on X, Y and Z topic. The uptake is much, much higher. You're leading that relationship with value to them. It's kind of an ego stroke to them. Right. Um, and it's a really wonderful way to, to begin relationships. So we found that that really helps folks to deliver value um, and return on their, their investment in content um, much, much sooner. Absolutely. We have always said here that the pod, a podcast interview is the best way to start a relationship we've ever seen. One yeah. of the most powerful, profitable networking tools you can have at your disposal. Talk a little bit about the hugely successful agency podcast you're involved with. Yeah, so we, we work with a, a ton uh, from SEO agencies to digital marketing to um uh, legal services to all kinds of all kinds of things, um, and it, you know, really using that strategy that I've just laid out. We have many clients that have, uh, or multiple clients that have, you know, reported landing deals that cover the cost of the podcast for years in advance. So it definitely it definitely works. Um, and I think there's also just a bunch of like secondary benefits too, right? You get increased industry clout. You're sort of positioning yourself as an expert within this within this crowd. You're you're networking, you're meeting these people, even if you don't do business with them this year or this quarter or whatever, we still have them in our Rolodex. They know who we are so that when we turn up to that industry conference in six months time, you know, we have an opener. There's a, there's a reason to talk to those folks. So I think there's lots of sort of um, secondary kind of benefits to it as well. But um, but yeah, there's a, there's a ton of shows that we've launched in this space that have, have, have done. Really awesome. Well. Just out of curiosity, I don't know if you are allowed to answer, but Ballpark, how many shows are you guys producing now? Uh, we're anywhere between 20 and 30, um, but it varies when seasons come sure. in and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, when you talk about repurposing content, mm -hmm. uh, we know you're big believers in that. Can you can you give us a few tips for our audience on how to take that interview and turn it into other things? Totally. So we are huge advocates. We talked about making really engaging next level content that involves really heavy editing. So we're going to take, let's say an hour's worth of interview recording, and we're going to cut that down to 20 to 30 minutes of finished episode. Now, which is great. That results in a really great podcast, but what that leaves is a ton of material on the cutting room floor. And what can we use that for? Well, repurposing exactly as you've said. So what we like to recommend is having the unabridged uncut episode. So on the podcast, you can say, Hey, if you, if you like this, well, guess what? There's another 30 minutes waiting for you on YouTube. Um, and we can use the talking heads version as we're recording right now here on Zoom. So you can you can have the video element as well as the audio. Um, and then I think what we want to do is learn from the people that have done podcasting best, right? Joe Rogan is the number one podcaster in the world. What works for him? Well, it's taking these mammoth interviews that he does, by the way, huge. Don't recommend everybody does that um, and breaks them into sort of eight to 12 minute chunks, and that's Elon Musk on the future of AI, Elon Musk on solar power, whatever that might be. And those little bite-sized chunks are really wonderful ways to discover your podcast for the first time. Whether, I mean, and typically those are going to live on YouTube 
They're wonderful little SEO bumps that you get because you're able to really hyper-target those keywords based on those little nuggets of information. Um, and podcast discovery, we're seeing more and more increasingly is happening through YouTube. So having really sort of sampleable, like I, I, when I'm listening to a new podcast, that's I'm making an investment in time. I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes every week listening to this show. If you can show them four, eight, 12 minutes of content on YouTube, they can have a little taster and they go, okay, this is the show for me. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. So we want to give them that opportunity. So I think um, reusing little chunks for, for YouTube. And then, of course, we want to do smaller chunks again for, for social and, and all these other platforms. Um, so, they, I mean, there's just the, you know, the list goes on and on. There's, there's a lot of ways that we can repurpose this content into written content, into social content, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. Now, when you are doing this for clients, um, talk a little bit about doing it for yourself. Um, Talk, as in ourselves, Lower Street. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, we've launched a, a bunch of podcasts ourselves. Um, we did one during the pandemic called uh, WFH, which was all focused on working from home. We really wanted to to put some some good stuff out there when people were kind of, yeah, really not sure of of, of what to do in lockdown. And we were, we're a remote company, um, always have been. And so uh, we kind of, we did that. That that was hugely, that's been a huge um, one for us. And I think really the le- bigger, big lesson we've learned from that is, the value in the long tail, that show still gets, we've stopped publishing it uh, 12 months ago and it still gets hundreds of downloads every month from people just seeking content out and listening to it. So I think it really speaks, we talk about repurposing, I think really speaks to putting valuable stuff out there. It, it will kind of um, come back to you. And, and similarly, we've, we've used the playbook that I've kind of outlined here of featuring ideal fit clients um, on your podcast to, to grow our own agency and made a few sort of niche specific shows that really talk to the CEOs of companies that we wanted to work with. And, and that's performed really well for us also. Um, You've achieved so much success, not only for yourself, but more importantly for your clients. What's your biggest challenge now? Uh, biggest challenge is uh, quite honestly, um, hiring good people. It's uh, it's getting competitive here in podcast land. You know, it's been a, it's a historically small industry um, and it's growing fast. And that means that all of the experienced, talented folks um, are busy with, with, with work already. So we're really focused on how do we bring new people, talented writers, f- folks from other spaces, adjacent spaces and, and train them up into podcasting. So that's something that I'm super heavily focused on right now because, you know, I'm excited to grow this industry as well as our own company. Um, so yeah, people is, is definitely a, definitely. how big is your team now? Uh, right now we're 15. Um, and, uh, I mean, and growing every month we're hiring. So it's, it's, um, congratulations on that. How do you make sure everybody does what they're supposed to do at the right time in the right way every time without going crazy? Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting challenge. I, we, I'm just obsessed with hiring the right people. Like I, I'm very, very picky. And, uh, I think the, the biggest thing that I lose sleep over every night is how do I take the culture that worked when it was just me and five other people, because that's what we were two years ago. And that what that team worked really well. We gelled, we knew each other, we got along and, and collaborated really well. How do we take that and make that work at 20, 30, 40, 50 people? Um, and so that's my number one focus is, is how do we hire for culture, um, hire for culture first. Um, and that so far, touch wood, is working for us. Uh, and so fingers crossed that continues to do so. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I just love telling stories. It's it's telling stories is a really fun thing to do. Um, and it's, it's fun because not only is it fun to do, but people like to listen to it. Uh, you know, we're not making necessarily 
I love a good white paper, don't get me wrong, but a white paper is not necessarily the most thrilling thing to open up and read, whereas people really enjoy the time they spend with podcasting. So we're able to do something that even in a B2B uh, context is, is, is something that folks enjoy uh, consuming. So that, that makes us happy. Of all the things you do in a day, what's your favorite? Uh, to be honest, most of my days are spent speaking to people. So I guess that's, it has to be my answer because it's what I do every day, all the time. Um, I do love speaking to people. I'm an introvert by nature, so I find it quite tiring, but I, I love, uh, I love connecting with folks. Well, I don't know. My friend, Matthew Pollard has a great book called the introverts edge. You should absolutely check that out. If you haven't already, you are advising clients every day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever gotten. Good God, that's a good question. Um, I think just that uh, nobody knows what they're doing. We're all trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, you come in as a young uh, business owner, you're starting a business for the first time, you think everyone else has got it figured out. Turns out they don't. Um, and so uh, the more I've sort of uh, internalized that and learned that, the more confidence it gives me to just go out there and do what I care about and, and what's good for me and the people around me. Um, if you had to start over again, what would you do differently? Uh, I think I'd be more um, uh, more ambitious sooner. You know, I think what we're seeing is a lot of growth in the industry that we're in. Um, it's really exciting, um, and I think uh, I would have been bolder earlier. But um, but it is what it is, and I wouldn't change a thing. Really, it's been uh, it's been a good journey so far, and fingers crossed it continues. Well, congratulations on that. For our folks who are watching or listening, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you and Lower Street and what you're doing? Cool. So I, I hang out on Twitter a lot. I'm at Podcast Harry. Um, and everything to do with uh, what we do is is over at lowerstreet.co. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Harry Morton from Lower Street and at Podcast Harry and lowerstreet.co. Harry, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will see you or talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.